This podcast is brought to you by Stay Active, the worst nonsense form in existence, created by Joey John John. This is the Casual Nerds Podcast with Eri and Matt. Hello, welcome to Casual Nerds, a podcast for casual fans. My name is Eri and with me is... DJ Matt. Welcome to episode 2 of the Casual Nerds Podcast. And this month, our topic will be mental health and how fandoms help us, I guess? Like, how fandoms and fan culture helps us cope with the mental health problems that we both have and probably what others go through as well. You see, around this month in Australia, it's R.E.O.K. Day where pretty much people are kind of not obligated but it's kind of a thing where they ask other people if they're okay, if they want to talk about it. It's more like a mental health awareness month in Australia or a mental health awareness day. And we've decided that in spirit of that event, we talk about our personal stories in regards to this topic and how people are not alone like we all go through different things but you don't have to go through it alone i guess like we're all here for each other there are people out there who are willing to help you and stuff like that yep everybody needs help and we are yeah we we, we've been through some things and i know matt and i are like 10 years apart but Whatever Matt is going through and the stuff he's been through and how it's different to what I'm going through and everything, it's still sort of similar in a sense. So in the end, we're in this together. Very true. We are all in this together. So to start off, Matt, why don't you tell everyone what mental illness is? Mental illness can actually break down into different things, whether it be depression, um, psych psychological problems uh let's see it can also be into things like anxiety and it's actually very difficult to deal with but there are ways to deal with these things and how do you deal with some of these things Ari? well usually before it would be me repressing how i feel i still sometimes do that now but after after doing that for a really long time, it turns out it's not that helpful. And I was advised by a lot of people to finally see someone. You have to see someone. You can't just hold it in forever. So I've decided to seek help with a psychologist. And from there, aside from me repressing how I feel, I'm now open to what I'm feeling to feel my friends. Whenever I feel worried or anxious, I talk to them about it. And they could give me some guidance. I don't have to follow it all the way, but just tiny bits of advice of what they tell me. And I try to listen on what they say. And hopefully it helps me feel better. Other ways is through distracting myself by keeping myself busy or just enjoying something that I love. It kind of varies on how I'm feeling or what's going on. What about you, Matt? All right. Uh, one of the ways that I help myself is just like you. I keep myself busy. Um, heck, oddly, sometimes stuff such as video games and um, music, writing, uh, just whatever helps me out helps me out, really. Uh, sometimes talking to people helps me out. 
I'd rather talk to friends or family other than a psychiatrist or psychologist myself. But that's just me. Not saying that they cannot help, but I just prefer to talk to people that I actually know. I guess different people do things different ways, so not every method works for everyone. Very true. So before we start, we just remind you people that this podcast, we're going to be telling really personal stories. We're going to get a bit personal in this because Matt and I, we both go through our own forms of mental illness and... I do hope you all respect what we're going to say and keep an open mind on how we view this whole thing. Because like I said, we all go through things differently and the way we view fandoms and in relations to mental health, it varies for different people. I know for some of my online friends, fandoms means the world to them and whatnot. For some people, it tends to be toxic and we're gonna be talking about a few taboo topics so just keep an open mind yep open mindness is the key to listening to this thing now we got that sorted time to share some of our personal stories as a starting point for this podcast and matt suggested that i should go first apparently is there a reason why because i'm I'm just bad at starting these things off, so please go first. Ladies first, I guess. So we have to go back when I was in high school. I'm about to enter senior year. There's just so much stuff going on. There's like the pressure of HSC. There's still the fact that I have no idea what I really want to do when I grow up or what to do with my life. There is bullying situations and a bunch of drama that I don't want to get into. And... It was just getting hard for me that I was now having a bit of an identity crisis. Like, I have no idea who I am. Like, who is Eri? Who is she really? Because all I've been given is what people want me to be. But I don't know what I want to be myself. I was afraid. I was ashamed. And then one lovely night, after feeling bored, I guess, and doing homework, I've decided to go on YouTube. I've decided to find some new YouTubers to watch because Annoying Orange is getting... It's not for me anymore, I guess. Like, I'm getting too old for it. So I was just looking through my recommendations feed and everything. And I've stumbled across Dan and Phil. I watch a few Amazing Phil videos. Then Dan is not on fire. A few pin-offs. And from there, after watching a few episodes, like a few videos that they made, they both taught me that it's okay to be myself. That... We're all giant flops in the world, still figuring out how to go through life and get things done and everything, you know. And it's hard to explain because it's this was a long time ago and there was and I watched and met Danville so many times, thanking them for helping me out during my lowest moments. But one video that's that Caught my attention the most is Dan's depression video when he was open up with his mental health and his depression and everything. It was that video that made me feel like that I wasn't really alone anymore. I know people say we're not alone, but the fact that Dan was open about it and shared his experience, it made me feel like that I have an actual role model I could actually look up to. So Dan gave like some of his tips on how he deals with it. I don't follow 100% of what he did, but there were some things that kind of helped me. 
for example, I became more open to my friends about it, or at least my online friends. I'm also open to to my offline friends as well, but I talk to my online friends more. And long story short, if it wasn't for Dan and Phil, I would still be under that little identity crisis. I will have no idea who I am. Maybe I would be getting bits and pieces of who I want to be, but I would still feel a bit incomplete in in a case. And that's pretty much my story. And now Dan and Phil are coming back to Australia, and sadly I'm not going to be able to see them in VIP, but it would be cool to see them on stage. And I heard they go, they get really personal on their live show, so I am looking forward to that. And by the time this podcast is out, I would have already seen the live show. I, I, I'm just glad that you found something that um, helps you out, especially whether it be uh, something like videos and certain YouTubers and all that. I mean, it's a good way to uh, get your mind off of things sometimes or something that you can relate to. You know, hey, whatever helps you, helps you. Everyone deals with things in their own way. It's kind of interesting because when I watched Dan and Phil, I finally found people that I could actually relate to as role models. I mean, there was Glee and other forms of media that I could watch on TV and stuff, but they're not that 100% relatable. I mean, well, there was Glee, but um, apparently they're not 100% relatable to me. I mean, there's some parts that they are, but... At the same time, they're really not. Dan and Phil, at least, were relatable in regards to how we go through life and how we view the world and everything. So, it so basically, that's how they sort of helped me. They just connected with me in a sort of human, goofy level in some degree. Okay, Matt, your turn. What's your story? All right, well, I guess you could say... Like when it when my uh, depression and anxiety really started to kick in, my depression and anxiety really started to kick in around when I used to go to college. Actually, because before that, like I kind of had it under control for the most part. I mean, yeah, I would get sad and depressed, but it was never like too too bad. And then, like, um, after things happened, such as uh, my grandma passing away, who I actually lived with ever since I was little, um, when my grandma passed and, you know, the people I was living with, uh, I don't know what was going on. They just seemed more angry after that and more, you know, they they just had so much going on with them. And it was really hard to live where I was living. And oddly, one of the things that helped me out, besides, you know, friends and family, uh, I guess you would say fandom-wise, would have to be anime. Because, like, I don't know, there was just something about anime that helped me out. Especially ones that were... I was always looking for ones that were more funny than serious. And at this point, I was more into animes such as Azamanga Dayo. Uh, shoot, what else was there at the time? Pokemon? Uh, not so much Pokemon. Um, I also liked uh, Final Fantasy Unlimited. That was a great show. 
I wish it didn't end on a cliffhanger, though. But anyway, um, shoot, I have uh, one of my favorites that I even still have in my collection um, is Vampire Princess Mew, the OVA. Don't get it. Don't get it confused with the full-length twenty-something episode series, because there is a difference between the two. But anyway. Uh, these things helped me out because it was just sort of like an escape from, you know, my everyday life, which at the time was school and a lot of homework and people that I was living with stressing me the heck out every single day. Heck, there would be times where I would be at college and I would literally stay at college until like eight, nine o'clock at night. Just so I have some peace to, you know, do homework and all that. Or talk to people, like friends, and just stuff like that. It was more peaceful at college than it was at my own at my own house at the time. And, um, just, you know, being somewhere, watching something just helped me out a lot and later on down the line believe it or not some youtubers actually helped me out one of them being um people like chadtronic matthew centaro peanut butter gamer and if any of you people know who these people are then you know that i'm extremely nerdy just naming these names off isn't Matthew Santaro the guy who plagiarized and made that fake story about Nicole Arbor or something? That is so back and forth. I don't really know what to believe. I guess you could say that fandoms is some sort of escapism to the problems we have in our reality. Like, we both seek YouTubers and anime and other forms in media. Even up to this day, we both seek Lazy Town. Or at least at the time when we first met each other as some sort of escape. Now, we're, since pretty much everyone I know is branching off to different fandoms now, apparently. We jump off one fandom to another just to see what kind of fantasy and escape that we could fantasize ourselves at. True. Um, <laughs> funny when it came to Lazy Town, though. Uh, for me, anyway. I was never really big on the show itself. Yeah, I watched some episodes, but I was never like really into them into them. I just kind of watched some here and there. It, for me, when it comes to Lazy Town, I was more into learning about what happened behind the scenes because I found it like, you know, extremely interesting and um music I really love the music, and that's why I even have one of the CDs in my collection. For me, when I first watched Lazy Town, I was like a freaking kid. I was just watching it because, oh, look, something cool happened in Nick Jr. And then when I grow up, I just use Lazy Town as an escape because, you know, university's getting stressful, and the Australian fandom in 2016 was getting a little bit toxic. Because when Danitville comes to the country, and after they leave and everything, things start to go haywire, apparently. But basically, I just use Lazy Town as an escape from the stuff that's going on in real life and online. 
And apparently, the fact that I was pretty much the only one who pretty much got into it while everyone else is just like, is it Stephanie a porn artist or something? I'm just like, finally, something that's sort of mine. No one will bug me. You know, just something I could enjoy for a while. Yeah, it's gonna be hard to explain to everyone I know that, hey, I got like a kid show, but hey, at least it was nice to escape from the noise in some cases. Eh, that's true. And I also like the music as well. Like, I enjoyed the music because it's just so boppy and happy. Aside from We Will Be Friends. That song is good, by the way. Like, it's the best edgy, lazy town song there is. But yeah, the songs... It's really different to what I would be into. Because I like alternative rock. I love the edgy music. Like, My Comic Romance, Fall Out Boy, Panic at the Disco, Muse. And Lazy Town is a huge contrast to that. So the fact that Lazy Town was sort of my get getaway to happier, positive music is an interesting start, apparently. I started getting into more happy music because I can't listen to sad songs forever. Mostly I get my music re- recommendations from Matt because when other people try to recommend me happy songs, I don't enjoy it at all. You have to recommend me the right song in order for me to like it. And I'm so sorry, Matt, for that one. (laughs) Eh, It's fine. You like what you like. I swear to God, Matt tried to get me into Cartoons DK. It kind of worked. And he did. It did, but the first song he recommended, no, I didn't like it. What was the first song again? It was that sad song in the second album. Uh. The dum 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 dum. Oh, breaking up is hard to do. Breaking up is hard to do. Yeah, that. I I know where you were going. Like you were starting off with something a bit edgy, but you have to know that there's like it just wasn't for me. It felt a bit like yeah, you're trying, but not there. So we had to go through a different approach. And it was like, okay, listen to this happy song, which might be okay. And then see where that goes. Yeah. Another funny story is when Matt tried to get me into Toy Box. Because someone tried to get me into Toy Box. And it didn't work really well. I hated it. It's the cringiest thing that I ever listened to. And it turns out it's because I was recommended the wrong album. Yep, because you are recommended their first album. Their second album is where they actually started to get really good, and I wish that they continued to make music after that. It's funny how music also helps in regards to this. Like, we listen to different types of genres, and you we recommend stuff to each other. It's like cross-recommendations. I mean, I tried to get Matt into Eurovision around last year, or at least do Eurovision music. And then Matt tried to get me into bubblegum pop. Uh, I did. Some of the Eurovision stuff was pretty good. I can't remember any of them by name, but yeah, it was pretty good. So why do you think people rely on music in regards to this? I know there's like studies that have like a more professional saying on why music suits people, like how it helps study and stress and everything. But what is our first-hand experience reasons to why? Um, honestly, there are a few different reasons why music can help people. Music can help you because just like, you know, with anime and all that, it's an escape from your, from, you know, your everyday life or it just sets your mind on something else or it can help you concentrate on stuff like, 
say you're doing homework or whatever. At least for me, it helps me concentrate on what I'm doing um, when it comes to stuff like that. Um, yeah, especially like certain songs can be relatable, whether they be happy, sad, you know, angry, edgy, whatever. Um, a song that re- that can be relatable to to you specifically can help you out a lot and i've actually had this many times whether it be uh songs by uh let's say cartoons decay or aqua or toy box or blue monster and binky Bicky, um or if i wanted something more like aggressive or angry um, I would turn to bands like Disturbed, Corn, uh, Drowning Pool, uh, bands like that. There's a band named Corn. Yes, they have been around for years. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I mean, fair enough. I mean, you, we both like different music. I mean, I like, like I said, I like My Chemical Romance. I like Fallout Boy News, Faraway Stables, and I like a few. I also like Shepard, you know, not, you get, listen to sad songs all the time, but the fact that we both like different genres and it helps us in odd ways is quite interesting. Here's a funny thing, when I was doing a little story on K-pop for SBS, it turns out that, according to all the people I interviewed, there are people who use K-pop as a way, because um the artists... They're sort of like role models to them as there really isn't that many Asian role models, apparently. At least so, Asian role models that could relate to the youth. I mean, there is Jackie Chan, but not everyone is a Jackie Chan. Like, they want someone different. And I just like K-pop for their music, so I don't fully understand why people would use K-pop as like a role model. I mean, I'm, tr- I'm going to try to understand that as I listen to more K-pop. But it's quite interesting with the lack of Asian role models there is in media. I think you don't see that many, apparently. Even on YouTube, you, I know there's like a few Asian YouTubers that are really popular, but you don't know that many. People are relying to a music genre to help them sort out with their identity and find people that they could relate to and stuff. Hmm. And this is all K-pop? Yeah, it's K-pop. K-pop, J-pop, Korean drama, stuff like that. Because... Um, because this story is about young Filipinos and it, why they like K-pop, and I kind of agree with them. There really isn't that many Filipino role models out there. I mean, there is like Charisse, but I don't know that many Filipino role models that I look up to, and I don't think I even have any. Because almost every famous Filipino artist is pretty much grown-up oriented. Not like porn artists or anything, no, no. I mean, like, they're just more well-known to the adults rather to the kids. Right, right. And since it's Australia, people be like, oh, you're Asian, but these are like second generation migrants or just Filipinos who were born in the country and, and they feel like they're not fully Asian enough to receive the label of Asian. So hence their interest in K-pop. Or at least that's what I was told. Yeah, sounds about right. I want to talk about something taboo. It's really taboo. I don't know about if it's for your generation, but... For my generation, it's sort of like a huge topic. Alright. So the topic I want to talk about is the idea of leaving 
the fandom. Like, we all have different reasons of leaving. Like, either we outgrew it, or the community is just so toxic that we have to leave, or basically the content creator or whoever we're looking up to, they just don't appeal to us anymore. And there's like the fear of getting backlash when leaving because I don't know about all the other fandoms, but at the time when I was in the Dan and Phil fandom around 2016, when you say you're leaving, they expect you to leave. And when they mean you leave, it means you can no longer talk about Dan and Phil. You can no longer go to their live shows. You can no longer meet them. You cannot make fan edits anymore. It's like total disconnection, apparently. And trust me, I've seen people who are pissed off when they see people on Twitter talking about Dan and Phil when it was announced like back in 2014 that people left. Matt. Matt, you disconnected. Please excuse us as there's a little technical difficulty going on. Honestly, for me personally, I I mean, like, I could see how people may see that as, like, a big deal or whatever. But I personally just don't really see it as a big thing if something becomes, like, toxic or something and I need to leave it, then I leave it. Like, yeah, I'll still talk to certain people if I'm friends with them, but, you know, the people I don't really care to talk to anymore, I don't talk to them. It's just not a big deal to me. I guess it is for some people because it's like, it's hard for them to let go of something that hold has like a huge place in their hearts, in their lives, apparently. And... For some people, saying I'm leaving the fandom pretty much equals to I'm seeking attention. But it's it's just people wanting a break, basically. I guess for some people, they really want to leave for a short or long while just to have a change of pace of what they're into, to rediscover themselves, see something new. But there are those people who are just so protective and just be like, nope, you, once you're gone, you're gone, bye-bye! Yep, some people are all like that. It's kind of funny though, because when it was like back in Tumblr, when Lazy Town was becoming really popular in like 2016, 2017, people were leaving and the community was like, yeah, you can leave, but you can, you're always welcome back. Like, we'll welcome you back with open arms and everything. But I'm not sure if that's now a similar case anymore. I mean... There are people leaving, but I've heard stories of drama that occurred on the Tumblr fandom. I don't know the full story, but I'm just aware that there was stuff going on. Hence, group chats are dying down. Hence, why people are joining new fandoms or just left the site in its entirety. And I don't know. It kind of depends on the person and why they want to leave. True. I talked to my friends about leaving the Danfield fandom when I was still deciding if I want to stay or leave because I was getting into Lazy Town more and I was afraid that they won't talk to me or it's just gonna be a giant goodbye, huge disconnection and everything. But when I asked them their thoughts of me leaving the Dan and Phil fandom, they were telling me that it's okay, we would still be friends and everything and pretty much everyone went multi-fandom by this point that it doesn't even matter if we're staying or leaving because we all have different interests. True. Very true. Uh, going back to the whole, like, fandom thing and people having different interests and all that. Yeah, that's life. People have different interests in things. I wish time travel was possible. That would be amazing. Yeah, what? 
All right. If you could go back in time and tell yourself something, what would it be? Something that can relate to what we're talking about. Befriend Matt earlier. If I were able to go back in time, uh, I want to go back to the time when, to know the story, I bought this necklace from because I got into, not really got into, but I started rewatching Madoka Magica because I was feeling down. And Madoka Magica is like a stress relief anime for me to help me cope and cry and just make me feel a bit good about myself because a lot of people die. And pretty much so, I bought this necklace to remind myself that not every people or not everyone are good people. And I should have trusted my instinct on that and just remind myself that not everyone could be trusted. Because I just wasn't ready. I was still feeling low and I decided to jump in and make new friends. I mean, that's a good advice, like jump in and make new friends. But when you're not in the mindset to do that, it's you will end up starting a friendship in a really bad direction, basically. I should have waited probably around July or mid-June. True. What about you? Uh, if I could go back in time, um, in a way, I guess I would go back in time and tell myself not to date or, you know, associate myself with certain people. But in a weird, strange way, um, if I had not either talked to or dated uh, certain people back then, I would have not met some people who I'm actually really good friends with now. And I'm even... I even still talk to them today. Um, you know, like some some of them, a few a few of them, I should say, a few of them I've actually become best friends with, and um, so yes, I would go back and tell myself not to talk to or, you know, like not be around certain people. But in a in another way, I kind of wouldn't. It all depends. Like, let's say if I could do this and, like, direct myself is just like, all right, you don't want to talk to these people, but later on you're going to see this person or you're going to talk to this person and you're going to want to talk to these people because these people will help you out later on in life. You know what I'm, you know, you get what I'm saying? Sort of. Time travel is really interesting and confusing at the same time because there are like paradoxes and for me it's like if you don't if you don't do this one thing it means you won't be able to do this other thing that was amazing. So basically one bad thing led to a good thing in other words. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's really confusing because one of the things about mental health is that we also sometimes wonder what if we can go back in time and change things, but at the same time even though if we want to change things it may affect the outcome on what our future holds. True. I mean, like, okay, like, if you could go back and change things, like, there is no time paradox, it's paradox-free, um, would you? Or, or, and I've actually thought about this, what if you could go back in time, and let's say, to a certain point in your life, and it leads all the way up to now. Let's say your life is better 
because of it instead of how it used to be before you did this. And when you get up to the point you're at as of right now, let's say like today, would and you're actually okay with the changes that were made, let's say they're a lot better and you know better people and all that and you're not as depressed and all that, would you keep the current timeline or would you like choose to go back and have what you have right now? So you're asking me if I were able to go back and undo my mistakes, but the future will still remain the same. Would I do that? Yeah, like, like things will be better, but, you know, without a whole different, without a whole paradox happening. If you ask me this back in, like, June, July, stuff like that, I would say, hell yes, I would love to go back and undo everything. But at the same time, I'm kind of grateful that everything has happened. Because even though we do change it and undo it, we're probably going to end up doing the same mistake somewhere in the future. Like, let's say you didn't meet person A and you just avoid that road. It doesn't mean that you're going to... It doesn't mean you're going to meet them again in a different situation. They're going to find you and that timeline has to happen. I like to believe that things happen for a reason. So even though you try to dodge a bullet and escape, they're going to find a way to meet you and your fate will happen. Like every event will happen. And I don't know if that's true. I never I don't I don't think anyone can prove it because time travel isn't a thing. But I just sort of believe that if you avoid one thing, it's gonna hunt you back in the future. And you don't know when and where, but it will happen. It's gonna happen. It's bound to happen. Not to scare anyone. Wow, that actually makes a lot of sense and please note i don't watch final destination oh man i forgot about those movies i haven't really watched those movies i think it's because i just watched too much doctor who so i started understanding the concept of changing history and everything i recently started watching that or at least a few episodes anyway excited for season 11 um i've only started on season one dude you have a lot to catch up on oh i know um, it's pretty good from what I've seen. What little I've seen. So how would you like to conclude this conversation then? Honestly? Uh, to summarize how, what we, what all we said is, um, alright, when it comes to fandoms and meeting people through fandoms and all that, just find the people that you really click with. Find the people that will actually, you know, talk to you and be there for you um when you're feeling down and all that um and find the right kind of music that works for you when it comes to music find the right animes find the right tv shows find the right movies find the right youtubers you know just find what works for you and when people are starting to get like super toxic just break away from them sometimes it can be hard but trust me when you break away from people who are toxic it's a lot better to do that than just to hold on to them because that will bring you, they'll bring you down. It'll bring you down even more so. And you don't need that in your life. Nobody really needs that in their life. And also know that there are people out there in the real world who are able to help you. Like there are like psychiatrists, psychologists, and your parents, friends. There are like different people and different resources that you guys can go to. To help you in regards to mental health. I know it helped for me. 
I know it's not something that Matt would be into, but for me, it helped a lot. It helped me understand more why I struggle and my coping mechanisms and everything and why I keep feeling down and why I worry too much and everything. But basically, yeah. And, and I guess the most important thing to get away from this is that different people have different ways on thinking and how they deal with this. So we all have different methods and we all have different ways on what works. But in the end, we're all in this together and you're basically not alone. Matt and I go through different things and he helps me a lot and I try to help him if he needs help. Indeed. Yeah, we're friends. We help each other. That's what we do. And I guess now that's the end of our podcast. A lot of things to think about, a lot of things to talk about. The idea of what if we get to change our mistakes and everything. But in the end, things happen and we all have to find a way to get through it together. Exactly. We all have to find a way to deal with it. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of Casual Nerds. This podcast is brought to you by Stay Active Forums, a forum site that Joey made. It's sort of dead, but we sometimes go there and just talk about a few things. It's a casual forum site, if you will, because not everyone goes there all the time. Yeah, we just go there whenever we feel like it. To be honest, the most active thread in that forum site is basically a thread on DuckTales. Woohoo! Trust me, there are like people who we thought they're just into Lazy Town. They're actually into DuckTales. And even people we wouldn't expect to be into DuckTales, they're like full on fans about it. And we're just like, whoa, how come we never heard of this side of you before? Right. Hey, I, I like I like the rebooted DuckTales. That, that's actually a pretty good show. People are mad or didn't like the reboot DuckTales because David Tennant is playing S- Scrooge McDuck, apparently. Hey, he does a good Scrooge. I haven't watched a lot of the episodes. I think I only just watch one, and I don't mind. I as long as it's entertaining, go for it. Hey, I like it. Uh, main. This is coming from somebody who grew up with the original. I like the reboot better than the original series. And yeah, that's the end of Casual Nerds. So my name is Ari, and with me is DJ Matt. And hope to see you guys next time around next month. And. A little announcement, our podcast is now on iTunes, so feel free to download it. And hope to see you guys next time. See ya. Peace.